Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast, a production of the KMOX Newsroom, with the top stories and an in-depth feature on St. Louis. Today is Tuesday, October 31st. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top story this hour. This just in. Nine black St. Louis City Refuse employees are suing the city, claiming they've been racially discriminated against, paid less than white co-workers, and denied overtime pay. In a statement, Mayor Tashara Jones tells KMOX, quote, while we cannot comment on pending litigation, the city continues its push for competitive wages to retain and grow its workforce. City employees received a 3% pay raise on top of their 1.5% increase each year the past two years, and the city also recently completed negotiations to increase wages further for refuse division employees. Now, the latest from Missouri's capital. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft vows to appeal a decision against the language's office wrote for a ballot question on whether to restore some abortion rights in Missouri. Let's check in now with Fox 2 Capital Correspondent Emily Manley in Jefferson City for the latest. Emily? Michael, it's been an ongoing court battle for months, and even with this quick turn decision today, Ashcroft has made it known that there's more to come. We have that these judges say that Ashcroft's language is problematic and insufficient. In his language, Ashcroft wanted to ask voters to allow for dangerous, unregulated, and unrestricted abortion from conception to live birth. Well, the judge is saying today that that's not true. Instead, that that is actually, it has a lot of politically partisan language within that ballot language. So instead, they kind of revised it back to what the Cole County judge saying. And instead, they just want to ask voters to establish a right to make decisions about reproductive health care, including, including abortions and contraceptives. The supporters of these initiative petitions that are trying to get the question on the ballot, they are required to have and gather 170,000 signatures by May in order to get this on the ballot in 2024. So they are being pushed up against the clock by this court battle ongoing. Michael. Budget bills introduced today at a St. Louis County Council meeting. St. Louis County Executive Dr. Sam Page says they've narrowed the gap between expenditures and revenue. Right now it's about $26 million. We have, you know, several hundred million dollars in reserve. Uh, so we're, we're not short on funds by any means. Dr. Page adds that long term, they'd like to get the revenues and expenditures more closely aligned. Sean Malone, KMOX News. U.S. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri says he'll introduce a bill to ban publicly traded companies from contributing to political campaigns and organizations. It would ver- reverse much, but not all, of the Supreme Court's Citizens United decision. But Punchbowl News reports that Hawley was told today by GOP leader Mitch McConnell that corporate donations got Hawley elected and anybody who signs on to his bill will get, quote, heavy incoming from the right. A week from today, the Missouri Court of Appeals will hear oral arguments in the case of Stefan Cannon, sentenced to life for the murder of retired St. Louis police captain and Moline Acres police chief David Dorn. Eugene Dubois, a partner at McGraw-Woods, is filing the appeal based on what he says is a lack of evidence against Stefan Cannon. Dubois points to a controversial practice of the state accepting anonymous tips and allowing police officers to testify about those tips. And so that's an important issue not just in Missouri, but across the country about how and whether prosecutors are allowed to use anonymous tips during criminal trials. If it's an anonymous tip from someone who doesn't actually come in and testify under oath and subject themselves to cross-examination, there's just a high risk that the jury is going to view those tips as credible. DeBoss says the defendant doesn't have any recourse.
source. To refute those tips, the courts are looking at the issue as a real problem that needs close monitoring. Maria Kina, KMOX News. A fire outside the Fairview Heights Saver store this morning went to three alarms. It started in a tractor trailer behind the store on Lincoln Trail. Nobody was hurt. Reading and math scores for Illinois students are up across the board this year, according to the latest Illinois school report card. Our partners at Capital News Illinois poured through the data from the tests given in the spring. It showed big increases in proficiency rates for English language arts and modest increases for math proficiency rates. Black students saw the biggest gains in many key categories. The report card also shows the state's four-year high school graduation rate is the highest it's been in 13 years at 87.6%. One area of concern, however, is chronic absenteeism. More than a quarter of all students missed 10% or more of the school year. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. A city committee today heard an update on how ARPA relief money is being spent and if unspent money could be reallocated. Alderwoman Shamim Clark-Hubbard says time is of the essence. Funding may have been there, but even the program providers are coming back and say, hey, we're not going to have time to be able to implement this program the way that we would have wanted to. Some of the proposed reappropriations include putting the money towards medical debt forgiveness, regional violence reduction initiatives, and updating the city's zoning code. At Panera, we didn't just raise the St. Louis Bread Company will now have to display enhanced disclosures about the charged lemonade it offers and its high caffeine count after a lawsuit was filed against the restaurant chain that's based in St. Louis County. An Ivy League student with a heart condition died after she drank one of Panera's charged lemonades last year. The KMOX business desk, Ag Tech Company, Benson Hill, continues its cost-cutting measures and is in discussions about taking the company private. Since going public, Benson Hill has grown its revenue but has operated with losses. It received a non-compliance notice from the New York Stock Exchange in September when its share price fell below $1 for 30 days. Yesterday, it closed at $0.16 cents per share. According to the Business Journal, Benson Hill is also considering selling off processing facilities and expanding into animal feed and pet food markets. Well, as we continue on KMOX, there is a new read on Anheuser-Busch, the state of the business in the United States. Joining us now to break down the latest is Ben Steinman of Beer Marketers Insights. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us on KMOX, Ben. Hey, my pleasure. So what is the latest with uh, AB InBev in uh, North America? Well, in North America, the results were very weak, even uh, softer volume trend than in the second quarter. But globally, it was still okay. Yeah, what kind of numbers are we looking at, uh, and is this a trend uh, that's continuing, or is, have things uh, at least evened out? Well, the trend for shipments in this third quarter was 17.6% uh, down, I believe, and uh, that was 15% down in the second quarter. So it's even worse. Some of that's a uh, comparison of uh, there was a price increase at the end of September last year, so that there's less volume going out this year. We've seen a few companies uh, where they're selling less, but the prices are higher, so revenue is up. Um, but AB, what, are we talking about just Bud Light here, or are we talking about across their North American lineup? No, that's across the North American Bud lineup. Bud Light's down more like 30%. Some uh, really horrific numbers for the what had been, or still is, by volume, the number one brand. Yeah, what do you read into this? Obviously, this seems like it's a continuing trend for AB. It wasn't just a, a few months around the time of the political controversy. Uh, no, it stayed stubbornly the same pretty much since April 1. As, uh, that trend has continued. And uh, there's not, you know, really the key now becomes what happens when you lap these numbers because, you know, I mean, I, it could still change o over the next several months, but there's no sign of it yet. 
Yeah, so what does AB do? What are they doing to try to turn this around? I mean, they're spending money, they're marketing, you know, uh, they're different programs that just signed with the uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship last week, and uh, that was a a big deal. Uh, But, you know, whatever they've done so far really hasn't moved the needle on Bud Light, though some of their other brands are firming a bit. So there is some good news, uh, a little bit at least. It sounds like what are the what are the brands, I guess, of the future for uh, Anheuser Busch, or which brands are doing actually doing well? Well, I mean, prior to this, uh, Michelob Ultra and Bush Light were both doing very well. Uh, they also got some impact, uh, undoubtedly, in the second and third quarter. But those are the ones that the CEO Michelle Ducaris singled out as firming a little bit lately, and that he expects to get back to where they were. What about the rest of the industry? The industry is down uh, in 2023, for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's part of the story, too. So it could be that fewer people are just choosing beer versus all of the other options out there these days. Seems like. Uh, hope that turns around pretty quick. But, uh, yes, right now that there's less beer being sold in, in 23 than 22, and in 22 there was less than in 21. So two tough years uh, in a row. Where are drinkers going? What kind of data do you have? Is it uh, the hard seltzer trend, or is it something else? Well, hard seltzer is usually included with the beer numbers. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're actually mostly made from sugar, but uh, they include them with malt uh, processes. Just a, uh, a weird wrinkle in the tax code, I think. But anyway, uh, the that's down now. The the, the seltzers, the RTD brands like that are made from vodka, like High Noon. Now those are growing pretty rapidly, but they're still comparatively small. And uh, and yeah, spirits is still winning, but doing less well as well. I I, I just think. Uh, Alcohol beverages are, you know, generally always about the same in total, and and now there might be slightly less than they were before. So, what's been the reaction then uh, on down the the chain, uh, whether it's distributors or retailers? What are you hearing from those parts of the uh, the supply chain? Well, I think the distrib- Anheuser Busch distributors have been pretty miserable, uh, and some of them have had to undergo. Uh, you know, some some changes in their businesses already, and it's uh, you know no fun to take this kind of hit. Not that it is for Anheuser Busch, but again, they have the global overlay, which is still okay. Um, it, for some of these local businesses, it, it's it's hard. Anything else I haven't asked about? Maybe uh, you know business impact. Obviously, here in St. Louis, we're concerned with that. Anything else? Uh, I guess they're trying to do the right things to get the the brands back on track, but it's just not showing really in the numbers so far. All right. Thank you so much, Benj. I appreciate it. Okay, you're very welcome. That is Benj Steinman, the editor of Beer Marketers Insights. You can subscribe and stay up to date on demand by searching for St. Louis All Local on your favorite podcast app.